0: Welcome to the Collier Democratic Roundup, the official podcast of the Collier County Democratic Party. My name is Jeff Spencer, and I am the vice chair of the Collier Democratic Party and the host of this podcast. Thank you guys for clicking on. Today we are going to talk about the legislative session here in Florida, which starts in March, uh, and all of the bills that the Republicans are proposing that we need to be aware of, these bills are pretty bad guys. Uh, They will affect how we can vote in 2022. They will affect uh, how insurance works, whether we can protest and how, and a lot more. But uh, before we get into that with Amber and Linda, let's first get an update on how things are going on in the party. The new chair of the state party, Manny Diaz, has hit the ground running. He's hired a new executive director, Marcus Dixon. Marcus was the executive director for Florida's Service Employees International Union, which is the second largest union in North America, and he was a huge part of passing the $15 minimum wage in last year's election. Marcus is a Miami native, and we're very excited that he's on board with the Florida Democratic Party, and we're looking forward to the ideas and the energy he's going to bring to the party moving forward. Uh, Chair Diaz also named our state committee man Marv Diamond to the state rules committee and nominated our own chair anisa kareem to be on the judicial council so a big congratulations to marvin and Anissa, and we're really glad that they are representing collier uh, at the state level as leaders in the rules committee and on the judicial council state party chair diaz also announced the appointment of four outstanding leaders to serve as vice chairs of the florida democratic party they are former tampa mayor bob buckhorn Dr. Karen Green, SEIU-FPSU President Alfonso Mayfield, and Orange County property appraiser Amy Mercado. So a big welcome to them as vice chairs of the state party. And finally, a piece of news here locally. We're excited to announce that the highest elected Democrat in Florida, Secretary of Agriculture Nikki Freed, will be speaking to our monthly DEC meeting on March 4th. This meeting is open to the public on our GoToMeeting virtual platform. As a guest, you cannot ask questions, but you can listen in. So if you're interested, please go to our website or reach out to our secretary, Francie Hunt, for information. Her email is franciehuntflorida, all spelled out, at gmail.com. So that's all we have. We'll be right back with Amber and Linda.
1: the Collier Democratic Party want to take a moment to thank all of the volunteers and supporters that helped Collier County have the highest Democratic turnout in any county in the entire state. With your help, we hit 91% turnout. But our work is not done. We have to continue building our coalition to defeat Ron DeSantis and Marco Rubio in 2022. We may be rid of Donald Trump, but there are many who aided and abetted his incompetence. We need you to make a donation to help us prepare for the next election please go to www.callyardems.org, that's www.callyardems.org, and click on the red Donate button. We thank you for your support.
0: All right, we're here with Amber and Linda. How are you guys doing today?
2: Just kidding, doing really good.
1: (laughs) Yep, glad to be here.
0: We're going to go ahead and jump into two topics today. The first topic is going to be how the Republicans are trying to censor anybody who speaks out against Donald Trump. And we're also going to look at the 2021 legislative session in the state of Florida and the terrific slate of bills that the Republicans have for everybody to enjoy. So um, let's dive right into it Uh, over the last three to four months, Republicans across the country have been going around and censoring every single Republican that dares to speak out. We've got Pat Toomey out of Pennsylvania has been censored. The uh, most latest is a Michigan County GOP censured Republican Congressman for uh, his vote against Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, generally, what do you guys think is going on with uh, the Republican Party here? Do we think this is A flash in the pan or do you think they're ever going to get to uh, to a more sane place uh, with this whole Trump thing? Seems a little crazy.
1: Yeah, I am. um, So I think that the Republicans are are still certainly going through a transformational phase. And I think it's unclear where they're going to land, which part of the party is going to. come out on top. And I think as much as they may be trying to pretend that that's not happening, I think it's pretty clear that there are anti-Trump factions and the pro-Trump factions. And honestly, I think based on everything we've seen so far, the pro-Trump factions are still in control and have more of the power. And, you know, I mean, it's only been, A month almost exactly to today when Biden was when Biden was inaugurated. So the I think some of this is going to shift as more and more things calm down. There's still, I think, just a lot of chaos in the air, but uh, they've got to figure it out because um, (laughs) I don't know how they can function how they're going to continue and just doing the censuring of anybody who disagrees with the the Trump line doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like something that they want to continue Um, because basically they're pushing themselves more and more to the right. They're going to get more and more like Marjorie Taylor Greene type candidates, which I think outside of extremely red districts, I think are actually more unelectable for them. And I think that's going to become a problem for them, but uh, it's, it's, it's interesting and it's kind of, I'm, I for one am disappointed because I thought when Trump's was out of power, that it was going to fade rather quickly. And, you know, you've been had the, the McConnell side of things and that, Uh, Which is not something that's enviable either to root for the McConnell side, but you had people who were obviously claimed with the multiple speeches that McConnell gave at the end of Trump's term um, and well, at the end of his term and at the impeachment that that was the direction that he wants it to go. And um, they don't seem to be following in line, as you can see with the censures that they're doing.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I think that eventually the Republican Party is going to have to uh, come to terms with, you know, how they're going to play this whole Trump thing. Um, But it seems like from 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 the voters, from all the polling that we're seeing, 80 percent of of voters, Republican voters uh, agree with Trump and want Trump to be the head of the head of the party. Linda, what do you think? Do you think uh, you think they're going to get any any better?
2: Well, I think, first off, we can't really go by polls. I think they always pretty much bite us in the ass Um, if we went by polls. You know, we wouldn't have had to have worried about this, you know, coming into the election. I think that I'm hopeful. But again, you know, throughout all these four years, we thought it, well, it sh- couldn't get any worse. It shouldn't get any worse. But kind of always did. After everything that happened post impeachment, I think that there really is a huge division in the Republican Party right now. I think you have some of the lar- the louder extremists kind of taking up all the bandwidth but we know that there is a, a faction of the Republican party that just doesn't find what these loud extremists like Cruz and Hawley and Rubio and and Marjorie Taylor Greene are espousing the true vision of what the Republican party is going to be so i'm hopeful that when when the midterms come that these two factions of the Republican Party are going to hopefully cancel each other out, you know, to the happiness of all of
1: Democrats everywhere. I think we also have to realize that the possibility is that this is the Republican Party. We keep saying that, oh, they're going to go back to the Republican Party of old and we're going to be able to operate uh, business as usual. Like, Like we knew them to be in the past, but I don't I think the Republican Party has been making this steady climb with these uh, social issue, um, single issue voters and all this kind of stuff. And I think that that's who they are. And we might be have to readjust our thinking and how to deal with this Republican Party.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, one of the things that's coming out of this, and I think that uh, the censors are, are they're leading towards, is primaries and third parties. So we've seen that there's talk right now that, that in the North Carolina primary for Senate, uh, that Laura Trump uh, is rumored to be uh, looking to make a run at Senate in North Carolina. And then also there's talk about Marco Rubio getting primaried here in, in Florida. Uh, with Ivanka Trump possibly throwing her hat in the ring. Uh, and then there's also talk of the more rational set of Republicans forming a third party. There's always a lot of talk of that. Some A lot of people aren't really uh, believing that that's going to happen. But what what it all, all this uh, that's gurgling up the censures and everything else uh, it, it is, is forcing the party to have what, is in essence a civil war. How do you guys think the whole uh, primary challenge of the uh, Trump children uh, are, that seems to, to be on the horizon around the country? Do you think that's going to help Democrats, help the Republican Party? Uh, what do you guys think?
2: I think it's going to help the Democratic Party <laughs> to have those guys out there. Look, th- those, those Republicans deal and live in a world of conformational bias. They listen to the Hanalees, they listen to the Carlsons, and while they are screaming louder, there's a whole faction of people who have really kind of seen or had the come to Jesus moment about what the Republican Party is right now. We're seeing that across the country as far as as, um, people kind of changing their party affiliation. I'm not going to listen to the polls because I don't necessarily think those are representative of what people are going out there. And saying and I think that a lot of Republicans are not going to be as loud and saying that they've kind of been uh, disenchanted with what has happened, you know, the past four years and truly in the past two months, you know, two or three months since the election. I just I, I, I just can't believe that they're just going to be voted into office, that these people have some type of political future. I just don't see that happening. I think there's a lot more discontent than, you know, Republicans are actually really talking about.
1: Yeah, I think there's certainly more uh, more inner party squabbles than people are aware of, for sure. But I also think this whole I think maybe Democrats focus too much on especially Trump like this, this, uh, you know, boogie man of Trump and the Trump family. and and other candidates as well. But that's been the most recent one. And we focus so much on, oh, what if Fair runs? What if Don Jr.? What if Ivanka? Um, and I think we just need to stay focused on what we're going to do. Not that obviously the party has to plan for combating anybody. But I guess in that scenario that a Trump style candidate goes up against a Rubio I, I still don't see, I don't think there's anybody strong enough. I don't think there's anybody Trumpy enough that would pose a suitable threat, but I could be wrong. And can we talk about the people that actually voted to impeach and
2: where they are in their political careers right now? We have a couple of people that were retiring. We have a couple of people that weren't even up for reelection and are hoping that, you know, by the time they're up for reelection, that the people have forgotten that they voted to impeach Trump. Uh, you know, I mean, there wasn't just a month after the election of Biden. None of these people are yet brave enough to tackle this machine that Trump has made. And, and they're still somehow scared that Trump is going to control the base come 2024. And I, I just don't see how he's going to continue to do that, especially since I mean, he's been off Twitter for just a couple weeks and it's been like we have a brand new freaking country. You know, I I don't see I mean, I'm not necessarily being naive, but I I think there are forces at work here that we're not particularly aware of where I just don't see him having the control of the Republican Party that he thinks and that other Republicans think he's going to have.
1: I think the issue is that the Republicans in power, whether they are being reelected now two years, four years, six years, whatever the case may be. They are trying to split the needle of getting the Trump base voters, which they they desperately need, and they saw them come out in droves. So they want to keep those, but they also don't want to alienate the former just, you know, fiscally conservative, socially conservative Republicans. And that needle, um, I think that's what people are really trying to balance in their all of their decisions and you're right linda the the other than i think it was susan collins who's up for re-election in two years everybody else is either retiring or not up for election for another four or six years that voted for impeachment so a republican
0: you mean lisa lisa murkowski susan collins was the the most recent yes yes she just yeah right
1: she just she just won re-election you're right uh yeah murkowski thank you um so one out of them, you know, and that's two years from now. So I think you're right. There wasn't a lot of, as much as we applaud them, there wasn't a lot of bravery there, but I think it all comes down to election and nobody yet is willing to disenfranchise the Trump base people that they've never had come out and vote for them. And they know are completely disloyal to the Republican party. They are a hundred percent loyal to Trump. So they're they're not willing to shake that yet. And I think we'll see more of this play out, but um, that's really what it comes down to. Well, we've we've got four
2: long years before we elect another president. I just think a lot can happen then, especially if the Democrats do the things that, you know, are socially popular. You know, if we get this virus under control, if we get the economy back on track, I think the midterms are gonna look pretty sweet for Democrats.
0: Yeah, I hope you're I hope you're right. The big question is whether or not these people who showed up for Donald Trump in 2016 and 2020 turn out for Republicans. Can they pick up by by supporting him? Will they show up and vote? That's the ultimate question. Um, And at the same time, a lot of these people who are being so Trumpy are losing some of the big dollar donors, the more uh, traditional Republican donors from their, uh, their stable of donors. So it's gonna be interesting what happens, but Linda, I think you're right. Ultimately, if the Democrats do a good job governing and they pass bills that are popular and they pass bills that help people uh, and then run on that, I think ultimately they will, uh, they will be in a good position in 2022 uh, assuming that uh, everything goes uh, according to plan. But one you know i'm going to go ahead and transition to our next topic and the one that we're going to take more time talking about because it's more important to everybody here in collier county uh than whether or not censors or censures are having happening across uh the country we're not seeing any censures of any republicans here in florida because none of them are standing up and none of them have a spine and so the florida republican party is focused on their 2021 legislative legislative session that starts Uh, in March, runs for 60 days, uh, and you would think that uh, they would have a set of bills that dealt with the reality that is happening here uh, in America. Maybe deal with the COVID-19 epidemic, maybe uh, deal with the economy, maybe deal with, uh, I don't know, uh, the effects of climate change, Uh, maybe deal with something that's actually... uh, hurting uh, Florida citizens and, and and state residents, but no, they have put together a rather disgusting set of bills to focus on here in 2021. The, the two most controversial are the protest bill. This is a bill that uh, was proposed back uh, in the end of 2020, which will uh, uh, allow I guess the government to kill peaceful protests whenever they want. Uh, it would make uh, crimes of attending peaceful protest if the police decide to term such protest as a riot, regardless of whether or not it's properly applied for. They are now trying to rebrand this. This all came out of the Black Lives Matter protest that happened last year in the wake of, of George Floyd's murder. Um, they're now trying to rebrand it as. In response to the January 6th insurrection so that's a nice little bit of political jujitsu on the Republicans part and then the other most egregious one is the election uh, laws they are uh, looking to pass significant election changes to the vote-by-mail process for example uh, whenever you requested a vote-by-mail ballot that used to be or that is currently valid for two election cycles. So once you've requested it, you get it for the election that you requested it for, and you get it for the next election as well, so that you don't have to re-request it. The Republicans are proposing that they switch it and change it to, you have to re-request your vote-by-mail ballot every single election cycle. Uh, This is because Democrats requested so many vote-by-mail ballots that, uh, due to the pandemic, that they would be at a huge advantage in a gubernatorial election, because it increases turnout and the Democrats have a roughly 350,000 ballot uh, lead on Republicans, and in an election year where you have a lower turnout, that's a huge benefit to Democrats, and the Republicans realize that they don't want that to happen, so they're willing to do it. The interesting thing is, is even Republican secret- uh, supervisor of elections are upset about it because it requires them to do a lot of additional mailings and to reach out to voters to make sure that they know that they're not going to get their vote by mail ballot so it's going to cost all these different county budgets a lot more money to try to to educate the voters and ultimately less people will vote so it costs more money and less and democracy doesn't work as well so it sounds like a perfect bill for republicans to bring up uh, during this year so guys I don't even know where to begin to ask you guys a question on this group of bills that they think is the most important thing for us to do. What do you guys think?
2: I think, I, I, I think these bills will fall totally on party lines. And I think the Republicans in Florida will consider them incredibly important and the Democrats in Florida will consider them not incredibly important and actually pretty un-freaking constitutional. Uh, we're so we're so divided here in Florida. The divisions have yet to repair themselves, and with DeSantis, you know, controlling the narrative right now, he will position these bills as must-do items. And with all the meetings that are happening pre uh, pre session, you know, a lot of Republicans are really going for this. Unfortunately, we're completely outnumbered, unless. We kind of mount this concerted effort with, um, you know, some constitutional lawyers, some um, organizations that are against some of these bills that are going to be proposed. Uh, they have a they have a very good chance of being passed, unfortunately. Maybe well, I
0: think one anything. of the things we need to do is we need to make sure that that we as constituents make our voices heard to our representatives um, while. I agree with you, Linda, I think that ultimately they're going to go ahead and push through, uh, especially the voting changes, particularly because that helps them keep their job. Uh, it allows them, uh, gives them a better chance of, of, or at least DeSantis winning re-election and uh, Marco Rubio. Um, so it's going to be on us to really uh, overwork and, and make sure that everyone knows that they're not going to get their vote by mail ballot, even though they they requested it, and encourage everyone to sign up and even more people to sign up. Um, so that's one thing we can do is, is to uh, to respond to it. Um, but, you know, it, this is just par for the course when it comes to to mm-hmm. Republicans and the way they decide to lead. Everything that they pass and everything they attempt to pass is specifically for political benefit. Uh, it's either for a talking point in which they can win uh, a debate or an argument, or to make Democrats look weak or uh, like they're not working to help people, or it's to literally make it more difficult for people to vote or make things uh, harder for people so that they can win re-election. Very little of what they ever do is to actually help Floridians and help constituents make their lives better. I mean, they, they've got. One of the bills they're looking at is an insurance. The only thing that they have to do with COVID uh, in these set of bills is eliminating uh, is to make sure that uh, businesses can't be sued for improperly or for not protecting their employees due to COVID. I mean, that's the, the only thing they're dealing with COVID. Nothing about how do we get the vaccine out better. Nothing about how do we make sure that schools open safely. Nothing about how do we protect nursing homes, how do we help nursing homes get the best? like how do we, you know, there are a host of different things that they could do to try to make the lives of Floridians better, especially during this pandemic. And they haven't chosen to do any of that. The ones that are being focused on are the things that help them keep their jobs. And until Floridians get involved and pay attention to what they're doing, they're gonna to continue to be able to, to make these decisions, and the best chance we have as Democrats is to elect a governor in a statewide race in order to uh, to thwart, thwart this, because um, redistricting will happen, and Republicans control redistricting, and they will be able to draw the lines to their benefit, and it's going to be very difficult for the Democrats to try to win back control of the House and Senate in Florida, but if we can win statewide at the governor's level, we can mitigate a lot of the things through veto uh, that is uh, that is being proposed by most of the of the right wing portion of the party. So,
1: yeah, I think sadly it's it's become pretty obvious that when you have an entire political party whose entire Purpose is limiting government as much as they can. What you end up with is a party that is not willing to put in the work to make government function. Yet they still want to run government and they still want to be in power, yet we don't see any policies that help the actual people. Um, you get corporations and themselves. Are being helped, but there's no legislation coming out either domestic, uh, sorry, either statewide or uh, federally that when a Republican is involved that is there to help people. And uh, it shocks me that that is not more obvious to the majority of people in America. And meaning, you know, I guess one solace that I have is that the majority of issues, democratic issues, are supported by the majority of the population. And without having a lot of the voting restrictions and redistricting and uh, voter suppression, we would be more represented than we are. We are terribly underrepresented compared to the popularity of our platform.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And, and to, to, to piggyback on that in terms of People who agree with us. If you look at the last three major state referendums that came up for vote legalization of medical marijuana, uh, the restoration of felons' rights, and then the $15 minimum wage, all three of which are parts of the Democratic platform, parts that Democrats have pushed for for years, and things that Republicans have been very vocal about opposing. All three of those were put up as amendments. And they needed 60% in order to pass all three passed. last in the last election cycle in which Donald Trump won by three and a half percent in the state of Florida, the $15 minimum wage passed with over 60% of the vote in Florida. I mean, these are democratic policy positions that are opposed by the Republican Party, and they passed with over 60% of the vote, yet those same voters go and support republicans who then go out of their way to undermine the very thing that they they voted to pass legalization of medical marijuana was slow walk the restoration of felons rights was not only was it not implemented by the republican party but the republican party and the governor used tax dollars my tax dollars and your tax dollars to fight it in court to to undermine the will of the people, and now the $15 minimum wage, which was passed, there's a bill being proposed by a Republican out of Pinellas County that wants to make an exception for people under 21 years of age or former felons so that they can be paid under the $15 minimum wage because they don't deserve, I guess, to be paid $15 uh, away. So they're already trying to undermine that. So The Democratic Party, this is something Linda has said and something we've said on this podcast many, many times, we have to get a lot better at making sure that people realize not only what we stand for, but what the Republican Party is actively standing against and how they actively take the will of the people and undermine it through legislation. And that's one of the reasons why we're focusing on this right now um, is so that listeners – will pay attention to what's happening here in Florida in the state legislature, because what happens here in this state legislature will affect us vastly uh, vastly more consequentially than what's happening in Washington.
1: If you are interested in hearing more about what's going on with the local Democratic Party, the Florida Democratic Party, local candidates, events, and local news. There are a number of ways you can hear from us. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or just check in on our website for all the local Democratic Party info. You can find all of these signups on our website at www.colliardems.org. That's www.colliardems.org. Thank you for all the support. Do you think it's possible that in this, our current environment and the current uh, populace that we have to go against? I think DeSantis, if we get somebody good, has a chance because I think he's relatively unpopular. But uh, Rubio, we have a chance.
0: Yeah, I think we have a chance if we get a good uh, candidate. Rubio is uh, Rubio is waffling on everything. I don't know that he stands for for. Anything. Not that anyone in the Republican Party except for maybe Mitt Romney uh, stands for for anything anymore. You know, I don't think, you know, the, as we spoke in our previous segment, I don't you know, everyone is hoping that the Trump faithful will come out and vote for them. So the question is, are you going to be able to take on his supporters through this kind of muted I'm going to try to guess which way the wind is blowing uh, type of circumstances where that Rubio is doing particularly. He, he, he really is taking no stand on anything. He's kind of straddling both sides, trying to be moderate, but also trying to be part of the Trump, uh, Trump party. So, yeah, I think Rubio is uh, at risk of losing because I think Rubio – isn't significantly Trump enough to get his supporters, but I think he's Trump enough to lose some of the more uh, centrist Republicans. So if we can have good turnout in a non-presidential year, I think he has a really good shot of of going down. But he's got to get through a primary. Uh, if, If Ivanka Trump primaries him, she's got a really good shot at unseating him um because he is not he is not as well liked as as uh within the republican party and i think if ivanka was there with with her father campaigning all over the state trying to to get her elected i think he would have a really hard time uh winning that primary um and then it's anyone's guess as to what will happen if ivanka is running against the democratic challenger but yeah i think i think rubio is is a candidate that can go down um, along with DeSantis in 2022. Yet one more, I'm going to focus on one more bill that's up in in this legislation or in this legislature session. The Senate Republicans are looking to back a controversial proposal that would affect public employee union uh, and moving away from the state's traditional pension system for government workers. So yet one more attempt to uh, remove some of the benefits from Uh, union members and from uh, public employees. Unions are all lining up to fight it. uh, And, uh, you know, again, they're trying to shift uh, much like they did with the uh, teachers uh, in the school system, moving them away from a pension style system. Um, You know, I I, I know they're fresh off of of some election victories here in 2020 here in the state of Florida and gaining seats. But uh, I got to think that Going down your list and and attacking public employees and attacking uh, the unions isn't going to benefit them uh, come the next cycle. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they uh, they know something I don't. I hope I hope this backfires on them. Well, in
2: reading the articles that you sent us, Jeff, uh, what I kept on coming across was that these representatives think that they really have a mandate because Trump won Florida because they picked up seats they really think they've got it they've got it and so they're going to push all these things and i mean if they think they're going to be successful against the unions i mean they're just they're just smoking those crack pipes but i just i i, I don't see how they're they're going to they're going to pull that one in particular there's a lot of things that they can sweep you know under our noses but i don't know if they're going to
1: come up against the unions I, I sadly think that the, the populace, especially on a state level, is so underinformed that they can almost do anything that's just not abhorrent and get away with it. So, as long as, again, like you said, they feel like they have support of the populace and most people aren't paying attention. I don't know how many people in this state are actually part of unions that would be affected. I think it will have a a somewhat of an impact, but um, I don't know if it will be to the extent because most unions have been have been weakened to this point already.
0: Yeah. I mean, the big question here is going to be I think the Republicans are making a bet that the fact that Trump won, like you said, gave them a mandate and that people want the policies that they have been suggesting and proposing for for for, you know decades now Um, I I, you know I think where they may be wrong is that you know we talked about it earlier most of the policies that the majority of Floridians are supporting in referendums are liberal progressive policies they're not these ultra conservative policies and um, I think they may be making a mistake here Trump was Republican but not conservative. Trump was very willing to buck a lot of conservative ideology and to much to all of uh, us liberal democratic individuals with memories who can remember what Republicans always said they used to stand for and then completely abandoned because Trump decided to do something other than what uh they had always said that they wanted to do. Um I don't know that the population is going to be completely uh, for these things, especially this one, um, you know, public employees really look uh, for that pension. That's one of the big reasons why they would take lower pay, traditionally lower paying government jobs is that there's some security and they have good benefits. When you take away the pension, you've taken away one of the things that is a huge benefit to those employees. And they have to remember that the Republicans are doing it. And another thing that, you know, that everyone needs to remember and every single person, if you're ever talking to a a Republican, needs to remember is that if anyone ever complains about anything that's going on in the state of Florida, Republicans have had control over this state for 20 years. There is not a single thing that is happening in the state of Florida that is not completely directed by Republican governance. They have controlled everything from the governor's house to the state Senate to the to the legislature for two decades. So if there's something that people, that Republicans, your Republican friends or your, your uh, independent friends bring up and they're complaining about, you can simply point and say, it's definitely not the Democrats' fault because we don't control any of the things that are making these decisions.
1: I was just going to interject. Sadly, um, I think that that while that point is valid and, um, you know, we just have to look to last week's events in Texas to see which is another state that has been Republican controlled for decades. And immediately when they have a problem, you have the, the Republican Party blaming, somehow blaming the left and the Green New Deal and liberal policies for this shortcoming. Um, when you're like, well, wait, how how are all these liberal policies in place when this is Texas and you are the ones that are making these choices? This is your power grid that you've decided to completely take off of federal regulation. And we're also warned about a decade ago that you needed to winterize everything, yet it didn't happen. How is this now the, uh, the Democrats' fault? But people still will cling on to that. So it's, you know... When there's misinformation out there, it's easy for people to just believe it because they want to. The Democrats have to yell fire. I mean, we just do. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. How
2: can they do these things and control the narrative as well? It, it just, I mean, do we need to, I think we need to take out full page ads, you know, in the Miami Herald and the Tampa Tribune, you know, and uh, to get our point across, it's it's just absolutely ridiculous that they're able to is able to, you know, just completely spin everything that he's doing. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be possible.
0: It shouldn't be possible, but um, I, I, you know, we're going to move on to uh, the final segment. This is a new segment. Uh, it is, we're going to end these podcasts uh, with something a little bit more positive we're going to, Uh, Each podcast now we're going to uh, tell you guys about something that each of us uh, had have been reading about or watching that makes us happy and it makes us uh, is a little bit more positive that way we don't have to focus on Republicans writing unconstitutional bills. So let's uh, go ahead and start with uh, Amber. Do you want to take us away with your what what is the positive thing that you've been thinking about?
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah, I saw. I saw kind of a roundup of several good things that happened in 2020 to try and get us to focus on, um, you know, that even though that year was (laughs) going to live in infamy in all of our lives, that there were some good things that happened. And uh, one thing that I wanted to point out was that the ozone hole over Antarctica closed last year. So that was a positive thing that I remember as one of the biggest environmental crises in my young life and, uh, it was all about the ozone layer layer. And, uh, the fact that that has officially closed is that's, a, that's a plus. Yay. Environmental regulations.
0: Linda, what, uh, what do you got for us that, uh, made you happy over the last couple weeks?
2: So I really, really love animal stories. They love anything to do with animals. They're, you know, they're our friends. I was reading that um, that there was uh, in England and there's a place called a Cornish Seal Sanctuary and um, the 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 folks there um, have an otter named Harris and Harris's mate had died. And the Cornish Seal Sanctuary workers found that he was, and I quote, was feeling a bit down in the dumps and otters like being in a pair. So him losing his partner was something that was really upsetting him and his handlers. So the, the folks at the Cornish Seal Sanctuary made a dating profile for him, a little otter dating profile. And it said, looking to find my significant otter. I'm very attentive. I love a cuddle and I'm a very good listener. I will love you like no otter. Are you guys dying right now? Seriously, this is like the cutest thing ever. And then a few weeks after putting up a little dating profile, they found him a mate. They got a response from the Sea Life Scarborough Animal Sanctuary in Scarborough, England. And they didn't even have to go out of the country for his new otter mate. And so one of their otters named Pumpkin had also lost her mate and was looking for love. And so now Harris has been moved to the Scarborough facility to be with Pumpkin. And they are honestly living their perfect fairy tale happily ever after. Guys, if that's not a story for the ages, I don't really know what it is.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like a modern Seriously. day Romeo and Juliet. That, I'm it telling is. you. Lovely. And every
2: time I see an otter. Except without the like, death
1: at the end of place.
2: <laughs> I know. That They're together. And if you guys look them up on the internet, they're like the happiest little otter couple in all the land. It's basically like just reaffirming everything about life. You know? Seriously. Love. <laughs> Otters. And when I see them around Naples and the canals or
1: in lakes and rivers, oh, no. it's
2: honestly like seeing a unicorn. Seriously. Yeah. When I see they them. They come and in our like backyard you guys,
1: sometimes and I get so excited. They just come and like poop in our backyard and I'm like, yay. And you're like,
2: yay. Thanks for the offering, guys. <laughs> Love it.
0: <laughs> Jeff, you have a
2: really cool no, one. I know you do. I mean, I don't know if it's going to top yeah. the otter, but.
0: So. My bit of positivity is has to do with the uh, Mars rover that landed, uh, Perseverance. I think everyone uh, heard about that, that the Mars rover landed on Mars. Uh, and um, but one of the things that I found really, really uh, cool and interesting was that the scientists put audio recording equipment on the rover, so. You and the intent is to be able to hear the wind Mm -hmm. on Mars, and I know that it shouldn't be exciting, but that is just fantastic that you can actually hear what the wind of Mars sounds like. That the rover will be driving around, and it'll be you'll be listening to the breeze that happens to go on the red planet. And that just to me is mind-blowingly fantastic. And it just, it honestly, it makes more real the fact that human beings put something on Mars. It, it's just, you know, it's adding that sense or an, an additional sense. Yeah. Like to you the, can the whole experience. Feel it. Everything we've, everything we've done has been visual for the most part with, with our space exploration. We've seen it, but this is one of the first times that I can remember where you're actually getting to hear. And I think this is part, because when we went to the moon, there's no atmosphere on the moon. So there is nothing to hear on the moon because it's space. There's nothing there, but Mars has an atmosphere. And as a result, there is sound to be heard on the planet. And so it is just, it, it made me so happy to to know that at some point uh so they there is on mars on nasa's website um there is a 60 second audio recording that they have up from the rover uh, and you know there's about a 10 second very 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 uh soft breeze that you can hear that goes p- past the rover um but i'm waiting for when they get a really big storm that yeah, comes by and Devil. we can actually hear and we can hear what it sounds like and it just it made me uh, extremely happy so me
2: too. that's my that is so bit of awesome. opportunity.
0: so that's our show thanks to Agent 13 for the theme song please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast check us out on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter hope everyone is staying safe out there until next time so long